Listen to the Vibes. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Listen to the Vibes. I'm very happy to welcome Victoria Peltier here. Now, she is a speaker and an author and, well, all kinds of cool stuff. So we're going to get to know her and a little bit about what she does. So, Victoria, tell us a little bit more about yourself. Well, thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. Uh, so a little bit about me. Forever, it feels like corporate executive, having become one in my early 20s in the world of like business-to-business -business professional services. I sit on multiple boards. I've built and bought businesses. And then on the fun side and personal side, wife, mother, fitness fanatic, foodie, wine lover. And I describe myself as a multi-potentialite, meaning I have a ton of diverse interests. <laughs> now you're an author. What, what have you written? Uh, so I co-authored a book um, uh, several years ago called Unstoppable, which happens to be like my mantra and life, life philosophy. I have one that has just come out. It wasn't supposed to come out for another few weeks, but my distributor somehow accidentally released it early called Influence Unleashed, which is a, a book on personal branding. And I have another one that will be coming out uh, in the summer on leadership and culture. Whole human leadership is what I refer to it as. And then I do lots of writing for a number of magazines. I've been quoted in Forbes and CNN online and things like that. Ah, so what exactly do you do when you're trying to motivate people? <laughs> well, I am um, a big part of the motivation or inspiration I speak about is sharing some of my personal story of overcoming pretty significant adversity and using that to some extent is my fuel, a little bit of my why to quote Simon Sinek in terms of what's driving me to um, achieve more and more and do better and better. Uh, I'm born to a drug addicted teenage mother who like was exceptionally abusive to me and went in and out of the child welfare system. However, I was fortunate and one of not, not so many as we'd, we'd like that was adopted uh, and into a home, however, that um, lower socioeconomic conditions. So I started working at a very early age. And I remember my mom telling me, I think I was 11. She's like, Tori, you need to do better than us. And she meant by vocation, my dad was a janitor and she was a secretary uh, and, and with my education, but she she didn't need to. That Those earlier, uh, that, you know, for me was, I wanted to be better than my biology or circumstance. So that truly was the fuel for me. And then I've had lots of other like adversities come my way from my ex who had cancer when I was pregnant, seven weeks pregnant with my our second child who actually passed away 10 years ago from it uh, to just lots of adversity on the on the work front um, and adversity slash just challenge. Like I've been a part of 18 mergers and acquisitions and I'm usually having to do restructuring and unfortunately let people go as we synergize and things like that. And so for me... I share all of those personal stories as a way to motivate people who might be currently dealing with a challenge and recognize that you, you can come out the other end and you have choice um, and you can develop, you know, resiliency around it uh, and surround yourself with people that can help you, you know, be successful in whatever your definition of success looks like. How can you stay focused on, you know, your job or, or just, trying to get through life when you have so much being you're being bombarded with it uh i i have and it's not always a healthy healthy to do what i'm going to say next but i do have it an extreme ability to compartmentalize so when stuff is happening to be able to just park it to the side and focus on the task at hand i'm exceptionally goal-oriented 
And so that also helps keeping my eye on the proverbial prize, whatever the goal or objective I've set for myself is. I don't, I'm not a vision board kind of person. I don't, I don't need to post it to know that that's my goal. That works for other people and, you know, have, have at you if that's what works for you. Um, but keeping really anchored to, you know, the goal I've set for myself allows me to put aside and not get too flustered in the moment with whatever's kind of like come up my way and then just move forward. I live by my calendar. So like to get all done that I do, a lot of it has to go in there. Like sadly, you know, just scheduling time to, you know, go and see friends, make sure it's in there, check the calendar before I, you know, I do it. And um, I even put time in my calendar for, you know, thinking or like cl cleaning out emails in between, uh, you know, back-to-back -back meetings and that kind of things that helps keep me like on track given I am like involved in tons of things. Even with a calendar, how, how do you, how are you able to balance all that stuff? Uh, two ways. Um, one, I have this saying where there's conviction, there's capacity. And so this ties a little bit into like, I sign my, a lot of my social media posts with two hashtags. One is unstoppable and the other is no excuses. And so I believe if you've got conviction to do something, then you're going to create the capacity for it. And so that means making choices means like, you know, there's your nine to five job, although most are not just nine to five, but I, I'll say nine to five and then there's your five to nine. So if you want to do a side hustle, if you want to get fit, if whatever, whatever it is, you make choices about how you're going to like spend your time. So that's number one. Number two is the things that don't bring me personal or professional joy or value I say no, I delegate, or I outsource. So that's how I fit in the things that are important to me that instill, still include things like prioritizing my health. Like, so I block my calendar um, before 9 a.m. in the morning so no one schedules me for an early morning meeting because I work out six days a week, first thing in the morning. A lot of people have asked me questions around like, how, how do you have it all? First of all, think, people think I have it all. Now, I do a lot. And my message is one, it's all life. So I figure out how to integrate all those pieces together holistically. Uh, and two, you can have it all, whatever all is, just not all at the same time and not without trade-offs and compromise. So I think of like, you know, when my children were much younger, uh, I would, and we were still going to the office every day, uh, I would try and make sure I got out to be home to have dinner with the family. And then as soon as they went to bed, I hopped back online on my computer and worked for a couple of hours. You know, that was, so it was a very long work day for me or day period, but I had that sort of sacred couple of hours with the kids when they were young before um, they went to bed. <laughs> it does get easier when they become teenagers because they don't want to spend time with you anymore anyway. <laughs> yeah, I know now mine, I'm in, I just became an empty nester. It feels very weird. Uh, so my older one will be 24 in March and the younger one will be 20 in June. Uh, so yes. Yeah, so now, although now I get a million texts from the, from, well, at least one of them, uh, but they're out of the house now, but you're right. I remember the teenage years, you know, your mom's just not so cool. So they don't want to spend too much time with you. I read you're an entrepreneur. Yeah, I've, um, I've, I've worked you know, for a corporation most of my career. However, I have this incredible entrepreneurial spirit uh, both within companies I work for many times in creating like a new offering or a new product within the companies I work for. But I've also built and bought companies as well. Things that were like passion projects from, well, actually, no, the first one I bought, first company I bought was I was an actor when I was like in my teens and in my 20s. And I bought the casting agency that represented me. 
when the two guys who owned it like wanted to move back out west where they originally came from. So that was the first one. I think I was 20. Uh, and then um, I built, I loved natural like bath soaps and body products. So I started, I learned how to make them at home. But you can't make a single bar of soap, but you put it into a like a, a wooden like container or loaf for it to cure and you cut it and you got 10 bars. So I remember, and then same thing with creams and whatever. So I remember like just making so much product that I had a ton of excess. I made gift baskets for all my friends and it became hugely popular and they all wanted to buy. It. And so I made a business out of it that I then sold several years later. And, and then in 2017, I bought a, a technology company um, and had that for a little over a year. So I'm just like, I always have these side hustles that, fuels my entrepreneurial spirit to do that even when i work for like huge companies like ibm and american express you need to teach me how to do that <laughs> of course i guess i have to have money first huh <laughs> not necessarily actually there's like a ton of side hustles you can have without like money now buying a business is a little different although there's like this amazing like website um where you can go and it's mostly like some technology companies and there's like, and they're all startups, they all have existing revenue and not all of them cost a ton of money either. But there's, I'm a public speaker as well. That's actually another one of my side hustles. And all that costs is my time and for me to show up and I get paid to speak. And when did you start doing that? I started doing it a little over 20 years ago um, for the companies I worked for, you know, when we were sponsored at conferences or events and so they'd need someone to speak i didn't start charging for it as a professional speaker till a little over 10 years ago and that's when i started to speak on topics like sharing my personal story of resilience and like what kind of career and life lessons have i learned um talking on personal branding and talking on leadership and those things that i'd learned from a work perspective or some that were personal to me but then i i started to monetize it as i actually had more demand for talks i'd given maybe for free from a work setting uh and so now i i do it and i encourage lots of people like know your value so i, I still get asked sometimes to you know speak for free or their budget doesn't match and again know my value you know i've been in you know in business for 30 years and executive for 24 like so you're you're buying my my time and ex not just my time but my experience as well when i when i come so not everyone's comfortable with that i coach some like aspiring speakers on how to go about figuring out like what they should charge comfort with charging uh and how to build their like speaker brand did you have to go through some like toastmasters to own your craft uh, I think the fact that I was an actor when I was young helped and that I've always had confidence on stage. Although interestingly, um, when I first started doing speaking for business, like I wasn't playing a character. It was me. I actually found myself way more nervous, even though I'd been on stages in front of thousands of people before. Uh, so I just needed to get, I, the more you do it, the more you get comfortable with it. And I never did Toastmasters. I also... I did debate. I was a bit of a geek. I did like debate club in high school as well. So I did have some, I guess, training or experience from that. But a big part of it is knowing deeply the subject you're going to be speaking on. And then it comes from like the heart, this combo of head and heart, but you don't need to be reading notes um, if you deeply know your content. So that's one of the things I recommend to people. I've been asked, it's been a lot of years working in technology companies. And at years ago, I had to say, no, originally they asked me to be an MC for like an artificial intelligence event. No problem. MCing is very different um, than being their speaker on the topic. 
And I was like, I'm just not, I, I know at a cursory macro level or AI, but I, I can't give a keynote talk on it. So no, no, I'm not going to do it. Cause I just, I, I, well, I won't know the content well enough. Could I read from a paper? Sure. Um, but it's not going to be an engaging talk that people are really going to want to listen to. What is your philosophy on life? Oof. Oh, that's uh that's a, a tough one. My philosophy on life. I, it might be easier for me to sort of speak to kind of the values and how I choose to like show up. I am a, um, I, I operate and I have a high degree of integrity. I believe in doing the right thing. And I've been challenged from a work perspective many on many occasions around that. I think you can do the right thing for your shareholders and for your employees and your customers. And so um, I'm very focused on doing the right thing. And I know we're not going to get into a political conversation, but for me, that means things like social justice. And so I advocate for a lot of those, you know, things. Um, I, um, I'm also deeply loyal um, to individuals. Uh, you know, I, you know, approach people immediately with trust until they break it. Uh, and I'm, I, I operate from a place of now, not always, like just a vulnerability and authenticity from a, a you know, a way of like building connection and, and, and trust and relationship with people. Um, yet at the same time, I have this, I said, unstoppable is a word that I use. Actually, let's say it was the title of the first book that I co-authored. And it's just how I live. Like, I believe you are the CEO of you, your career, your brand. Um, and um, see, so not letting anyone, anything or anyone stop you from like achieving whatever goals or objectives you've set for yourself, not even letting anyone define what those are for you. And so it's being unstoppable and achieving what I've set my mind to and living with these like very deep, like values to achieve that so that my legacy is going to be much more around the, the impact I've had on my community in the world at large than like sales and revenue and profitability and like the businesses that I've run. And do you have a website? I do. It, uh, it's my name, Victoria hyphen or dash Peltier.com. And I share content that I write. My books are available there when I do podcasts and there's a link available. I make sure that, um, I've got them there. Um, and then people can also link out with me and connect and follow me on other social media platforms from that site. Uh, do you have a YouTube channel? I do. I do. It, uh, no excuses is in, uh, is in that one. So, <laughs> well, I am going to put all those links in the description to make it easy for people to find you. Um, thank you, Victoria, for coming on the show. This has been pretty fun. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. And also want to thank all you folks out there. If you are new to the channel, I hope you'll come back, hit that subscribe button. For my regulars, you guys are awesome because you make it possible for me to do this. And until the next one, everyone, please take care. Be kind to one another. God bless and peace. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Listen to the Vibes. You can catch us on Buzzsprout or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And on YouTube. Follow us on Facebook at The Vibes Broadcast Network.